0: Hi friends, I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Drunk. Drunk. We've all had encounters with bullies throughout our lives. Whether in person or virtually, it sucks. And of course, you want to put a stop to it. This is the story of how one community came together to deal with their bullying problem. If it feels like a familiar case, then you might have heard about this case before. It's been covered by other true crime podcasters, written about in books, adapted into the television movie In Broad Daylight and even inspired songs and movies like the 1989 Patrick Swayze movie Roadhouse. This is the story of the murder of Ken McElroy.
1: up not much (laughs) i'm back to school and i already want to go to sleep
0: yeah i'll wake you up when september ends
1: (laughs) 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 thanks i thought it was pretty good (laughs) that was a great one i loved it
0: (laughs) yeah everybody's kind of back to school i'm seeing all those really cute starting kindergarten pictures or starting whatever grade they're starting where they're sitting Mm -hmm. in front of a computer and it's (laughs)
1: And I'm I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. I'm so excited. I only have eight students this year, and it's just, I feel like it's going to be, I hope that we stay open, but I just, I think they're going to be cute.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about your students. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, should we just, like, jump into the case?
0: Yeah. Let's, let's jump right in.
1: I feel like we talked about all of our, our stuff off, off, (laughs) off. uh audio this time so nobody has to yeah. listen to us yeah we caught up when we weren't recording so you're welcome
0: <laughs> this week's cocktail comes to us from anjali Brazertong. tong i butchered that i'm sorry from the kitchen without an e that's the name of the website
1: Ooh, kitchen
0: yeah <laughs> kitchen. and it's appropriately named the cocky rooster you'll see why It's just because he's cocky. It's not like a... (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: just because he's cocky. I could have guessed that one. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's not... You can definitely guess why. You don't have to wait and see. So what you're going to do is rub a lime wedge around the rim of a pint glass and then dip the glass into a small plate of salt to coat the rim. Then add one ounce of lime juice, two to three squeezes of sriracha, and three dashes of maggie, which according to Grub Street is a sauce that has a kind of roasty flavor. I didn't know what it was either, so I had to look it up. Then you slowly pour in a lager-style beer, like you would pour a beer into the to a glass, like not like a Neanderthal would. Like a regular person would pour a beer into a glass, add some ice cubes, and if you really want to get crazy, you can garnish with a few jalapenos or toss them right into the drink.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Or you could just garnish with a lime wedge, like a wuss like I am. But... <laughs> I like the jalapeno. Oh, my God. That reminds me. So I saw this thing on TikTok, and I was a little hesitant to try it. But then I did try it, and it was delicious, and I need everybody to try it. It's not as spicy as it sounds. You cut a jalapeno. You take, like, the insides out and take as many seeds out. Like, the seeds are what makes it spicy, pretty Mm -hmm. much. So, like, you take as many seeds out as you want. Then you put um, veggie Philadelphia cream cheese in it, and then you stick Takis inside. And then you just like bite it. And it's so good. It's so good. That is so weird. The cream cheese isn't the weird part. The talkies It's the Takis, <laughs> yeah. It's basically like a jalapeno popper with like some crunch and not yeah. the friedness. But it's so good. Okay, I'll have to try that. <laughs> yeah. And then you can chase it with um a cocky rooster. Okay, so this
0: cocktail I thought would be perfect because I found this really cool blog. It's on Blogger. It's called Booze Movies and it kind of it, it kind of reviews movies as if you would review a liquor. And so I thought, let me see if they have Roadhouse. <laughs> Since this story inspired Roadhouse. Right. <laughs> so if you want to check it out, it's The full title is Booze Movies, the 100 Proof Film Guide. And we're not sponsored and there's no partnership, but I think it's pretty cool and that you'll get a kick out of it. Anyway, their review of Roadhouse went like this, quote, like a martini made with malt liquor. This cocktail isn't smooth or subtle. Still, it's
1: a lot more enjoyable than it should be. That is awesome. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it's a lot like our
0: talk of true crime. (laughs) It's a a lot more enjoyable than it should be. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Perfect. Are you ready for the case? Drink up, dead drunkies. (laughs) Tony and Maybelle McElroy were a poor migrant tenant farming couple who moved around from Kansas to the Ozarks before finally settling their family down just outside of Skidmore, Missouri. In 1934... The couple welcomed their fifteenth of what would ultimately be sixteen children. No. Ken Rex McElroy. No, thank you. No,
1: thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking
1: you have half that for
0: a class, and that seems like a
1: lot. So the Duggar family called. Um, they're sending you a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, forget that. And how many do the Duggar family have? They have like
1: 20 or something Uh, crazy.
0: Oh, gosh. That's that's too many. I thought that the Kate and the eight thing (sighs) was just too many children. (laughs) So McElroy dropped out of school before reaching high school. And by the young age of 13, he was already a familiar name to the local law enforcement. At the age of 15, McElroy established a reputation for himself around the town as a variety of things, including a raccoon hunter, a small-time thief, and a womanizer.
1: A raccoon hunter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was very important, apparently. (laughs) Good. He fathered more than 10 children with different women. And McElroy also spent some time rustling hogs and cattle, which kept his pockets regularly stuffed with thick rolls of $100 bills.
1: Was he, like, hot?
0: <laughs> no. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to show you what he looks like. Oh, my God. His face pops up in, like, that little thing when you Google him. Like, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I'm just going to send you the Google link in the chat because it's. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm just, like, thinking of somebody who fathered that many children with that many different women. No, he's. And, like, he's not hot. I think that in his younger days. He had money, though, right? He had money and I think in his younger days he might have been able to like pull it off. But oh lord, Jesus is a fire. Actually, he kind of looks like my grandfather.
0: He so that's what I'm thinking is as he when he was much younger like a teenager, he was probably kind of hunky. But it's not his hunkiness that got him the women. I think it's mostly It was the money. I honestly think
1: it's mostly his intimidation. Oh, I hate that one. I hate that. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, thank you.
0: So over the next two decades, McElroy was suspected of being involved in thefts of grain, gasoline, alcohol, antiques, and even livestock. But he was never convicted of anything. Charges were brought against him 21 times, but every time... McElroy would intimidate the witnesses until they refused to testify, often by following them around town in his truck or parking outside their home and watching them. No, thank you. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so this is that intimidating part I was talking about. Is he, he was a pretty intimidating man. He was 270 pounds and he was over six feet tall. He had, as you've seen, thick black eyebrows and bushy sideburns. And heavily lidded steel blue eyes. Which, I mean, even if they are blue, in these pictures, they look dead. Like, (laughs) no. yeah, he was a scary looking guy. And he used his stature to earn his title of the town bully. But he wasn't just a mean guy. According to a Colorado lawyer and author, Henry McLean, who wrote the book In Broad Daylight, about Ken McElroy so probably not his biggest fan (laughs) I don't know that anybody is a fan of Ken McElroy (laughs) anyway McLean said quote he was very cunning he knew which people to pick on the weak people and he followed through on his threats just often enough to make people believe he was going to do what he said so he's like
1: charming almost
0: so he's not yeah he's not just the biggest guy In town, he's also smart enough to know who to bully. I hate him. Which is gross. So then he met Trina McLeod, who he immediately identified as weaker and therefore prey. Ew, ew, ew. Wait, it's not even the worst part. They met when Trina was just 12 years old and (gasps) in the eighth grade.
1: No, they didn't.
0: But it didn't matter to McElroy, he had already decided that she would be his next wife. McElroy raped her multiple times, eventually impregnating her at the age of 14, forcing her to drop out of school in the ninth grade. Then, Trina went to live with McElroy and his third and then current wife, Alice, still
1: with the previous wife, no! Alice. And Alice, like, lets this happen? Does he tell Alice that it's his baby? Yeah, Alice doesn't have a choice. This,
0: I mean, that same guy that raped that twelve-year-old and impregnated her at the age of fourteen, mi- like probably forced Alice into marriage. It's not like Alice wants to be in this situation. I'm assuming, but oh
1: my god, Alice girl!
0: It, but wait, it gets worse. In order to avoid the charges of statutory rape, McElroy then divorced Alice and married Trina, who was the only witness. To that crime.
1: Why? Wh- why did she consent to that? Why was he allowed to marry such? Why was he allowed to marry her? Are like, you,
0: do you? Are you hearing what I'm saying about this guy? This guy could do whatever he wanted. He was huge. He was intimidating, and he would fuck your shit up if you stood in his way.
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I hate him.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that feeling. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, obviously, we don't think either Alice or Trina was happy with the situation, or probably McElroy's treatment of them, which I'm assuming only got worse behind closed doors. So, 16 days after Trina gave birth, she and Alice fled to Trina's mother's and stepfather's house. But, according to the court records, McElroy tracked them down and brought them both back to live with him. As punishment... McElroy then returned to Trina's parents' home while they were away, shot the family dog, and then burned the house down. So do you see what I'm saying?
1: He's a sociopath.
0: Yes! Yes! So, and there's no... Uh, to me, it makes total sense how why the women
1: live this way. Look at his reaction. That's insane. Did anyone try to report any of this stuff?
0: Yeah, so based on Trina's account of the story, McElroy was actually indicted in June of 1973 for arson, assault, and statutory rape. Okay, he was arrested, you know. he was then arrested, booked, arraigned, and released on $2,500 bail.
1: So, oh my god. So but just because he had enough money, he he got out. I'm guessing he did something else while he was out, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Trina and her baby had been placed in foster care at a home in Maryville, Missouri, which was only 20 minutes away from Skidmore. So it was easy for McElroy to find them. And once he did, he spent hours sitting outside the home just staring at it. No. Eventually, he told the foster parents that not only did he know where their biological daughter went to school, but he knew what bus route she took and he was willing to trade quote, girl for girl to get his daughter back. This resulted in additional charges being filed against
1: McElroy. Oh, he's disgusting. Mm-hmm. He's so gross.
0: Yeah, he is. He's the worst. Yeah. I don't even know if bully is a, the term that I would call really terrorist. I think I would call. Yeah, it. I agree. Three years later, on July 27th, 1976, a farmer in Skidmore named what I think is the most perfect name for a farmer, Romaine Henry.
1: Was he a lettuce farmer?
0: Like if he didn't grow (laughs) lettuce, he really missed an opportunity, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny.
0: Anyway, Henry claimed that McElroy shot him twice with a shotgun. This is what happened. Henry confronted McElroy about shooting weapons on his property and being on his property in the first place and attempted to chase him off the land. McElroy's response was to shoot him. <laughs> oh my God. McElroy was charged with assault with intent to kill, although he denied even being at the scene. As they waited for a court date to be set, Henry reported that McElroy had parked outside his home at least a hundred times. I mean, this guy's intimidation tactics, he was really dedicated to intimidating the people of the town. Yeah,
1: and he's a stalker.
0: Oh, yeah. When they finally did get to trial, two other raccoon hunters testified that they were with McElroy on the day of the shooting and that they were nowhere near Henry's property, probably because they were intimidated by McElroy. McElroy's attorney, Richard Gene McFadden, who is also a big piece of shit, then put Henry on the stand and forced him to admit in court that he had concealed his own petty criminal conviction from 30 years ago. Does this have any relevance to the court case? No. But it did discredit Henry and McElroy was once again acquitted. I'm annoyed. Yeah, I don't have the exact quote, but McFadden actually talked about how McElroy was one of his favorite... Um, clients because he was always on time and he was a return customer and he paid in cash. Ugh. McLean, the author that I mentioned before, had actually lived with a prominent Skidmore farm family on and off for nearly five years while he researched his book. And he also noted in his book that, quote, McElroy had a legendary status and it all got to be bigger than he was. Somebody would hear his name, and the legend grew bigger. When he got off trial, it grew even bigger. It went beyond just hammering people and being mean-spirited. He neutralized an entire criminal justice system.
1: So I hate this guy. Yeah.
0: Four years later, in 1980, one of McElroy's many children got into an argument with Evelyn Sumi, a clerk in a local grocery store that was owned by 70-year-old Ernest Boeing Camp and his wife, Lois. Allegedly, one of the young McElroy kids had tried to steal some candy, which sounds about right, and upon being caught, one of the older children jumped in to argue with the clerk. If their father could get away with anything, then they could too, right? It's not out of the realm of possibility that the kids would think this way. Yeah. But the confrontation didn't sit well with their father, who apparently took it as a personal attack. McElroy started stalking the Bowen Camp family until, eventually, on the night of July eighth, nineteen eighty, he confronted Bo Bowen Camp in the back of his store with a shotgun in hand. McElroy ended up shooting Bo in the neck, unknowingly securing his own fate.
1: Oh my
0: God! Bowen Camp survived, though. and McElroy was arrested and charged with attempted murder.
1: Okay. At his...
0: Yeah. At his trial, however, McElroy was only convicted of assault and then released on bail while he waited on his appeal. No. Yeah, so you can understand the frustration going on in the townspeople of Skidmore, right? Yeah. So immediately after being released, McElroy headed to the D&G Tavern, a local bar... With his M1 Garand rifle that had a bayonet attached.
1: Because of course he did. Because of course he did. Right?
0: Because that's what everybody brings to a bar. As he drank, he made incredibly graphic threats detailing what he wanted to do to bow Camp. This led several other patrons to look into what they could do legally to prevent McElroy from harming anyone else in their community. Kirby Gosley, a Skidmore farmer, recalled to Patch.com, quote, Our law enforcement never went after him very hard. The son of a bitch would just as soon shoot them as anyone else. So he was even he even intimidated the police force that they had.
1: That's crazy. Like, what what are you here for, police? If you're not going to arrest like a dog murderer, I mean, if if he did nothing else, he's still a dog murderer. And I hate him for that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, as when I wrote that part in the <laughs> in writing up this case, I immediately thought of Katie's reaction of, oh, mm-hmm.
1: kill him. Yep, just so, kill him. It's fine. We, we don't need him on our team, as you would say.
0: But, I mean, I think it makes sense that the law enforcement is also intimidated. I mean, even when they did catch him and charge him with a crime, McFadden, who ghastly called McElroy's, quote, nickel slick lawyer from Kansas City, would get him acquitted every single time yeah so since the law enforcement had their hands tied the Nottaway county sheriff dan estes suggested that they form a neighborhood watch team when mcelroy's appeal was delayed again the townspeople felt let down by the justice system again and decided to take matters into their own hands
1: i love where this is going
0: On the morning of July 10th, 1981, some townspeople met at the Legion Hall in the center of town with Sheriff Estes to discuss how they could better protect themselves. During their meeting, McElroy and Trina were seen going into the D&G Tavern. And when word got back to the men at the Legion Hall that McElroy was in town, Sheriff Estes urged the group not to get into any kind of direct confrontation with them. Instead, Sheriff Estes again instructed them to form a neighborhood watch to keep them all safe. And then... He just drove away. What? Yeah, so it kinda sounds like the don't do anything bad, but I I'm not here to see it. So Oh, I get
1: it. I get it.
0: I don't know if that's what he meant, but that's like don't what do anything bad, like. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. So the citizens decided to go to the tavern as a massive group. Filling the bar completely upon their arrival, McElroy finished his drinks, purchased a six-pack of beer, and then went outside to his truck with Trina. Once they were both inside the truck, McElroy started the vehicle and lit a cigarette before looking up and noticing that the townspeople had surrounded his vehicle, trapping them. Yes,
1: there. townspeople. <laughs> I'm picturing like the townspeople from Beauty and the Beast, like <laughs> surrounding him, like kill the beast. <laughs> Except it's warranted this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Then McElroy was shot at several times and hit twice with two different weapons. Ooh. In total, there were 46 potential witnesses to the shooting, including Trina McElroy. No one called for an ambulance. Of the 47 people present at the time of the murder, only Trina claimed to know the identity of the shooter. Everyone else was either unable to name anyone or claim not to have seen who fired the shot
1: or even been there. So I love that. Why did Trina say that she had?
0: Well. Whether or not it's an abusive relationship, which I'm a thousand percent sure it was with Trina Mm -hmm. since it started with rape, it can't possibly go up from there. But this is her really her only support system. Right? So,
1: yeah, I guess so.
0: She believes that she saw who did it. But ultimately, the DA declined to press charges against anyone, and even an extensive federal investigation resulted in no charges. Yes! So, Trina was the only one looking for justice in this case. Because everybody else had already gotten their justice. So, on July 9th, 1984, Trina McElroy filed a $5 million wrongful death lawsuit against the town of Skidmore, the county of Nottoway, Sheriff Danny Estes, the mayor of Skidmore, Steve Peters, and Del Clement, who she claimed was the man who fired the fatal shots. Eventually, the case settled. I (laughs) know. Did you say love that guy? Yeah. Yeah, good for you, Del. Eventually, her case settled out of court and she received $17,600 as a settlement, which I think is pretty good. Worth it, worth it. Yeah, worth it. But still, no one ever admitted any guilt and we still don't know who killed Ken McElroy. McElroy was buried at the Memorial Park Cemetery in St. Joseph, Missouri. Trina remarried and moved to Lebanon, Missouri. She lived there happily until she died of cancer on her 55th birthday on January 25th 2012. Aww. I thought that was actually pretty interesting because now both dates on her gravestone are the same.
1: That's immediately what I thought too, but I wasn't (laughs) going to say anything. I was like, at least her gravestone will look like...
0: I know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, you don't see that a lot, you know? Yeah. Still, the mystery of who killed Ken McElroy remains unsolved. Only the residents of Skidmore know the truth, and they will probably, hopefully, never come forward with it. This is a mystery that I'm totally content on not knowing. In their eyes, and in my own opinion, they did what had to be done to secure the safety of their community. Mm -hmm. 60-year-old Joyce Monte, the Bowen camp's daughter, told Patch.com, it was not the kind of justice they should have gotten. We stood up and did the right thing. We went to the police. We went to the courts. We went everywhere we could, but justice would stay delicately out of the way. Looking back, the justice system had as much to do with killing Ken McElroy as anyone in Skidmore
1: did. I loved it. Yep. Not to so encourage mob mentality or anything. <laughs> no, yeah. this We don't want to encourage but lynching of any kind.
0: Like, if, but in the- if,
1: if the police had taken this seriously from the beginning, he would probably still be alive and running in prison. I mean, well, the police did take it seriously. The
0: problem is that Ken McElroy always figured out a way around it. He either had his lawyer get him out, get him out of it, or he intimidated the witnesses into refusing to testify. In which case, there's nothing that you could charge him with. Then, if no witnesses are going to back up the story, then
1: I guess. But like,
0: yeah, Still. I know. <laughs> I, I personally, I agree with Joyce. I believe the justice system of Skidmore, Missouri is wholly responsible for the death of Ken McElroy. Oh, Those yeah, townspeople had no choice. I mean, there was a terrorist living among them and they couldn't get them, get him for yeah. as many times as they tried to get him thrown in prison. Nothing happened. And so they took matters into their own hands. I'm not saying they did the right thing, but... I. I think that they did in this circumstance. They did try to do the right thing legally, and when that fell through, they did what they had to do to keep their town safe.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get where they're coming from. Murder, murder is bad. Murder is bad. Do not murder your neighbor because he's an asshole. But... but if, if they're a terrorist... Ken McElroy is not a problem <laughs> anymore.
0: Right? I mean, that's what I... That's what I thought. I mean, like problem solved, you know, like <laughs> if law enforcement can't handle it.
1: They did. I think it's, they just, saw- it's just so cool the way the town like came together and was like, we're going to murder this guy and nobody's going to go down for it because we're all going to protect each other like that. That's, that's cool. what
0: I thought. That's what I got from the story is that this is a community that really, really has each other's backs. Yeah. They're like, this guy came in and started causing problems. So we got together and we solved it. Yeah i love that's that's a real true community Mm -hmm. so i mean if you want to if you want to tell us what you think about the case what do you think do you think they should have tried harder to get him thrown in jail or like yeah justice was served you can email us at deaddrunkpot at gmail.com if you make this drink um tell me tell me how it tastes does it fit booze movies description of what roadhouse was like as if it was a cocktail like not a great movie but like somewhat enjoyable like <laughs> is that if you what do you got make it i drink? would
1: also love to see pictures with the jalapeno garnish also try my jalapeno snack
0: yeah if you make either of those jalapeno things send us pictures and tag us on instagram at the drunk crime you could also tweet it at us at the drunk crime Join us on our Facebook page and our discussion group to talk about this case and other cases and other cool discussion topics. Like why do they put removable pads in sports bras? guys? I don't understand who's taking those pads out and is anybody other than the dryer taking those pads out of there? <laughs> Where does
1: this come from? <laughs>
0: I'm wearing one right now and I'm frustrated that the pads are removable. <laughs> Cause then when you put them back in you have to like you have to fold them up like a hot dog bun, right, and then shove them in,
1: you and then wrong.
0: fold them back out. At- I mean, what a lengthy, unbelievable process. And then, like, I was talking about this with my mom, and she was like, you could just sew the end, and I'm like, still, the pads are going to bunch up in the thing. Still, though, uh, I mean, join me on the discussion page. I'll talk about this. I'm very aggravated about it, still, apparently. So... <laughs> So join us on our discussion page or our Facebook page at Dead Drunk at True Crime Podcast and Dead Drunk Discussions. We also have some pretty cool merch, which you can find on Spreadshirt, or you can find it in our show notes or in our blog notes, which you can find on our website at deaddrunkpodcast.com. Also, the spooky season is upon us, and we want to hear your terrifying tales. So if you have any spooky stories email them to us. I want them. I want yes. to be scared. I want you to scare them. I What do we're going to do is we're going to read them cold. Like, we haven't read them before. We're going to read them on a recording for a spooky shooter. And Octo- in October, we're going to do our best to give you a spooky shooter every single week. I
1: literally every, single,
0: every single Saturday in October, including Halloween. This is
1: Halloween. This is Halloween. Best day of the year! Okay. <laughs> I think that's everything. Right? Join us on Patreon for unlocking Israel keys. Patreon.com slash dead drunk. Right,
0: we're still unlocking Israel keys. This month is our second Washington episode in October. We go to Oregon or the Northeast?
1: I don't know. We're gonna find out as we <laughs> unlock Israel Keys. Let's find out where Israel's gonna take us. <laughs> it's really up to him. <laughs> ew just calling him israel is gross to me i wonder if anyone ever called him izzy
0: ew not that that's a bad name for anybody i think it's a really cool name but i don't think he deserves it it's gross
1: (laughs) junkies before you listen to our really fun chaser for the week i need to tell you about a brand new true crime podcast that we love and it's called based on the evidence The hosts are Christine and Zachary, and they're actually a mother-son duo, which I think is super cool. If only I could convince my mom to do a true crime podcast with me, that would be everything. The other thing I love about this podcast is that they only cover cases that have an answer. So no matter what, you'll never be left guessing what happened in the trial. I love the podcast. I know that you guys are going to love it. So why don't we let them tell you a little bit more themselves?
0: Based on the evidence, a different kind of true crime podcast. Mom,
1: what are you doing?
0: I'm trying to figure out how to do a promo ad for our podcast.
1: Promo ad? Don't we just talk about what we do? Why don't you just do that?
0: I don't know. What do you think makes ours different?
1: Well, the fact that we have a suspect and give all the details of the trial rather than focusing on cold cases.
0: That's true. Trying to figure out if they were found guilty or not guilty is my
1: favorite part. Don't you think we should mention the website? We should mention the website.
0: Right, based on the evidence dot com, where they can find links to all their favorite podcast platforms.
1: We'd also need a tagline. Oh, based on the evidence, solving crimes since just now. <laughs>
0: For your chaser this week, I have a choice of two quizzes. It's either guess the eighties movies from the terrible description, or guess the eighties movies from the quote, because ken mcelroy's story inspired the
1: 1989 not hit movie roadhouse i don't know if it was a hit at the time but it doesn't sound like it's good i want to do the description because i feel like if i don't know i'll at least be able to like come up with a fake title okay this one
0: also has more answers i mean more questions sweet so question one a high school student plays hooky and goes to hang out in chicago which makes his sister go crazy There are, there are choices. Do you want me to give you choices or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah, you got it.
1: <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller.
0: There each one does have three choices. So, how about we do if you need the choices, I'll read them to you. And if you don't, you're going to get it.
1: I love that idea.
0: Okay, question 2. An alien comes to Earth and becomes friends with a boy while trying to contact his own planet. E.T. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What a what a great film!
0: If that wasn't even my a mom, bad description.
1: <laughs> my mom thinks it's really funny to call movies films when they're like bad. Not that ET <laughs> is bad. ET is a good film, but like me calling Clue a film, like th- she thinks it's funny. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a- or like, oh, what was it the other- Oh, Napoleon Dynamite is. Such an amazing film. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's a really
0: great film? Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) It's a real film. It's a B-horror movie.
1: (laughs) Did it get a good score on Rotten Tomatoes? No. Oh,
0: sorry. It's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's definitely got a really bad score. I thought it was really funny because... uh, because Will is allergic to tomatoes. And then it's a really funny movie, you know?
1: <laughs> Sorry, Will. The tomatoes <laughs> are attacking. Wow. I now want to watch that movie.
0: Uh, that one's funny since we're getting into the spooky season. That one's funny. Thanks, Killing is really funny. That's about
1: Ooh. a turkey that comes back to life every hundred years and just murders people. <laughs> Don't forget about Spookly the Scary Pumpkin. Right. Spookly the or Scary Pumpkin. Spookly the Something Pumpkin. I don't know if it's scary. Spooky um, right? Also, Killer Spooky?
0: Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is pretty solid. They attack people. They kidnap people. And then they put them in co- co- cocoons of cotton oh. candy.
1: I'm so sorry. It's Spookly the Square Pumpkin. And I don't know how I forgot that he was a square. But basically, um, I let my kids watch it last year because it was rated G. Um and it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like a, a square pumpkin. The the animation is not very good. Um it's like creepy. And they're all like taunting him for being a square. Oh. But they're like so mean and like scary. And like it just it's it's a saga. You should watch it. It's on Amazon for free, I think.
0: Okay. I'll put that in my list.
1: <laughs> spookly the square pumpkin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the quiz. Question oh, right. number three. A cynical NYPD officer tries to save his estranged wife and her colleagues from terrorists who drop in on their office
1: Christmas party. Is it Spookly the square pumpkin?
0: <laughs> no. Do you want the potential an- The choices?
1: Yes. Okay. Blue Velvet... Die Hard or The Shining? Oh, Die Hard, right?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Because Die Hard is technically a Christmas movie. I've never seen it, though.
0: Die Hard is for sure a Christmas movie. Uh, watch it this season because it celebrates the okay. true spirit of Christmas, which is murdering terrorists.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Number four A boy goes back in time to try and change his future, and his mom almost falls in love with him. What the choices?
1: yeah i'm just thinking in my mind there's two possibilities in my mind so i want you to say them the thing back to the future or stand by me okay it's back to the future i don't know why i second guess myself thinking that it might be the terminator
0: oh that was that's fair because it's also you know it's also in this in this range but i don't think the terminator ever ran into his mom okay (laughs) Number five, a retired detective is on a mission to apprehend a bunch of fugitives. This one is a very vague description, so I can give you the answers. Okay. Blade Runner, Platoon, or The Terminator? Can you say the description again? A retired detective is on a mission to apprehend a bunch of fugitives. It also describes multiple movies, I feel. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, Um. I'm going to say Blade Runner. I think so. Okay. Question six.
0: A man's journey from being a soft batch nobody to defending the world and facing his evil dad.
1: Is it Star Wars? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Doesn't he never actually say, Luke, I am your father? It's one of those Mandela effects. He He just says, says, I'm your father. No, I am your father. Yeah, but everyone thinks he says, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Just like the, hello, Clarice. But he actually just says, good morning. Really? That one's so different, though. (laughs) I know, but everybody says, like, hello, Clarice. Even though I know that, I still say, to Yoshi all the time I don't know why that's literally <laughs> not his name but I'm always like hello Clarice <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's not even in the movie ready for number seven yes okay this one should be easy
0: a man stumbles upon a Nazi plot to use the supernatural Ark of the Covenant to form an immortal army and take over the world
1: I've never seen that movie <laughs> really I don't think so, have I?
0: I don't... Uh, you should have... It's Indiana not Jones, not... Raiders of the Lost
1: Ark. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, I don't think.
0: Oh, okay. Every single seen... one of the choices was an Indiana Jones movie.
1: So... <laughs> I've seen the um the show at Disney World. Oh, that I've never seen. Is it good? <laughs> no. Okay. It's, in, it's It's shown in the Full House episode where they go to Disney World.
0: Oh, okay. It's
1: like one of the last episodes. Alright,
0: right, number eight. A group of everyday high school kids are locked up in detention together and use the situation... The breakfast Club. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. A bunch of kids venture to find a lost treasure, treasure and cross paths with a criminal family.
1: Is it the Goonies? Yeah, it is. I'm really good at this game. I've never seen most of these movies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that's the easy part about 80s movies. You don't have to have seen all of them to know. Yeah. Like, you get, I get the gist. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, number 10. We're halfway through after this one. Okay, sweet. A teenager befriends the creepy new guy at school who starts to kill people and make their deaths look like suicides.
1: Oh, I really wanted to say Twilight, and then I realized that it's not. (laughs) I think
0: this is also a musical, if that helps you.
1: Oh, my God. Really? Can you?
0: Your choices are. Pretty, oh, is it Carrie? No. no. Oh. Uh, Pretty in Pink, Heather's, or The Breakfast Club?
1: Oh, it's Heather's. Yeah. I'm, I should have known that. I've only listened to the music, though. I've never actually seen it. Yeah, I've never actually seen the movie or listened to the music from the musical, so. You heard me <laughs> sing it. Oh, really? Um, I need it hard. I'm a dead girl walking. I'm in your yard. I'm a dead girl walking. Before oh. they punch my it, clock, <laughs> snapping off your window lock. Got no time to knock. I'm a dead girl walking. That's that makes sense. I get. I <laughs> she, that character Veronica, was played by the girl who played Janice in Mean Girls, Barrett Wilbert Weed. Cool, very cool who bit sings, of Broadway trivia. Who sings? Who sings? Um, I'd rather be me than yeah. be with you. I love that song. Ugh, she's great. All right. Barrett, if you're listening. <laughs> Next question. Not Nick Barrett. Yeah.
0: Young geniuses deal with their abilities while developing a high-powered laser for a university project that their professor intends to turn into a military weapon. You're, yeah, I didn't know this one either. So your choices are Beetlejuice real genius or
1: weird science i'm gonna say the second one yeah i i i originally was gonna say sky high (laughs) i love that film
0: that's not what happens in sky high film is an appropriate hilarious (laughs) term
1: for sky high but don't that like the 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 grown-ups are bad in that movie
0: I think one of the grown-ups is bad. Don't all the grown-ups get turned into babies in that movie?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's stupid. What a great film. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, Question 12. A girl's sweet 16 birthday becomes anything but special as she suffers from every embarrassment possible.
1: 16 candles. Yeah, I'm assuming. Also didn't see it. Oh, her like I just remember that her mom like forgets her birthday and I'm like, oh, oh what the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
0: Number 13. Two high school nerds attempt to create the perfect woman, but she turns out to be much more than that. Your choices are adventures in babysitting, weird science, or weekend at Bernie's.
1: Weird science.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's the other two.
0: No, I
1: know it's not Weekend at Bernie's. That one I've seen. (laughs) Did you see the meme? Um, I bring this up all the time. That was like Weekend at Biden's. And it's like Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg holding up (laughs) Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) No, but
0: that's really funny.
1: It would have been funnier if it was Bernie, though. Like they missed that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Bernie. (laughs) Bernie looks like he needs to be carried around, so it would have been way funnier. Uh (laughs) Also, he's pretty short, right? So the two of them probably could have gotten him off the ground. Yeah. (laughs) All right, number 14. A poor girl must choose between the affections of her doting childhood sweetheart and a rich but sensitive playboy.
1: What are the options?
0: Uh, 16 candles, some kind of wonderful, or pretty in pink. I'm going to go with Pretty in Pink. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. I just know that Molly Ringwald is in 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club. But I
1: think I've only seen her in Breakfast Club. Yeah, I've seen her in like that and then half of 16 Candles. We sound like such young millennials. <laughs> I just like, I just wasn't into it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number 15. Oh, I've seen this one.
0: A girl falls in love with a dance instructor at a summer resort and
1: breaks her out of her shell. Oh, um, Dirty Dancing, right? Yep, hundred percent. I've had the time of my life. I feel like it's been a really long time since I've broken into song on the podcast, and now it's the time.
0: You've done it twice this episode so far, so yeah. I know, but like,
1: <laughs> it's been a while.
0: Yeah, you're making up for it. <laughs> All right, number eighteen. <clears throat> I'm going to read this one, and I can tell you right now, Janice is going to be screaming the answer while she listens to the podcast in her car or in her house.
1: <laughs>
0: a grandpa reads a love story to his sick grandson who thinks will be boring, but he ends up liking it.
1: <gasps> um, 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 the Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see? I, I You didn't because you don't have TikTok. I made a TikTok of that movie because um, Adam had never seen it, so I made him watch it. And there's a line in it where he's like, why do you wear a mask or something? And he's like, <laughs> it's, Ma- all the it's all the I, rage. I think people in the future will be wearing them. He wasn't wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, nailed it. <laughs> he nailed that one. You,
0: I didn't know where you were going at first with the quotes because there's so many quotable lines from that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> all right. Number 17. A seemingly indestructible human-like cyborg is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress.
1: The Terminator.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it puts it like that, it's like, wait, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: All right. Number 18. A tune hating detective is an animated rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence after he is falsely accused of murder.
1: Who framed Roger Rabbit? What a great fucking film that was. What a film film that one is. All right, number 20. Sorry, number 19. Then number 20. Then we're done. That's how counting works. That's how it works. (laughs) Kids. (laughs) (laughs) Two friends
0: embark on a cross-country drive and chance encounters over 12 years. And at
1: one point, the girl faked an orgasm at a restaurant. Oh, my God. Say th- If you say the, the things, I'll know. Okay. Your choices are Desperately Seeking Susan, Pretty in Pink, or
0: When Harry Met Sally.
1: Yep, that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's also... Think of it.
1: That really is a really good movie. I love that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I've I've heard it described as a girl has an orgasm in, or fakes an orgasm in a restaurant.
0: It's actually really good, right? If they had left that part out, you wouldn't have been able oh, to get it. But I think it's a really good movie. I recommend you watch it. It's good. Okay, I'll put it on my list. And the final question. Two dumb teenagers somehow
1: get access to a time machine. (laughs) I feel like I should know this. What's it called? Oh, yep. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Which is funny because my mom literally texted me yesterday and said, have you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? And I was like, no. She was like, you should watch it. I'm like, yeah, okay. but you should watch it. It was literally yesterday that she texted me that. That's crazy.
0: That's so funny. And now we all have to watch it because Tierney's mom said so. So yeah, we'll sign so- off with Bill and Ted's sign off. Be excellent to each other unless you're... The person that you're supposed to be excellent to is just like Ken McElroy, in which case, yeah. <laughs> be excellent to people that aren't Ken McElroy.
1: Yes. Words slip by. All right. Best wishes. More misregards. <laughs>